Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I'm Laura Evans, and you are listening to Hope for the Hurting. Our mission is simple. We want to provide hope and help to those who are hurting, lost, lonely, and in despair. My background is in broadcasting and radio, and I'm joined by my dad, Dr. Irv Wolf, who, in addition to being a pastor for over 30 years, has a background in marriage and family therapy. Dr. Irv has authored two books, and he's the director of Hopewell Counseling in Minnesota, where he and my mom counsel individuals and couples. Dr. Irv has done extensive research on the end times, and as we head into 2022, we wanted to relaunch our very popular series that we recorded back in the beginning of 2021, and I think you'll be amazed at how much more relevant it is even today than it was a year ago. So without further ado, here is our popular end time series from 2021. We're continuing our series on the end times, and today, man, this is the mother of all end times topics. We are talking about Armageddon. Armageddon, there's been songs written on it, there's been movies about it, and today we're going to plunge right into it. Dad, take it away. What is Armageddon all about, and what does it signify in the end times? Yeah, we've got a lot to cover. Uh, Armageddon is the end times battle. It is the, the war of good versus evil. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But if you think about it, Laura, we have covered a lot of topics pertaining to the end times. And now we are nearing the end of the seven year great tribulation. Oh, well, thank uh, you, it, Jesus. It's been heavy. It has, it has been, been heavy. Yeah, it has been. And you know what? It, these are very serious broadcasts. Yes. I mean, we, we try and lighten them up, but they are pretty serious topics. It doesn't get more serious. I mean, this is the end no, of the world. No, it, you're right. And all of this, um, the Great Tribulation culminates with this cataclysmic battle of the ages. It is called the Battle of Armageddon, and it is the final event prior to Jesus Christ returning from heaven with the angels and with the saints of all the ages. And uh, so it is It is a, a pretty terrifying final event to end on. Uh -huh. But let's talk about it. Yeah, what does it mean? Where, where does that word come from? Yep, what is the Battle of Armageddon? Why is it important? How will it end? Uh, we're gonna talk about those three topics. Armageddon is Hebrew and it, it literally means the Mount Har Magadon or the, the Mount of Megiddo. Mm. And it refers to the site of a major conflict during the Great Tribulation. It is used in a general term for the end times world war. Uh, that will center in Judea. Uh, it features skirmishes on a number of fronts. So it's not just in one location. It's across a number of fronts from the borders of Galilee in the north to the borders of Edom in the south, a distance of roughly 200 miles. So you've got that 200 mile stretch of, of a plain that it winds up covering. The battle in the north centers on the plains of Estralon or Jezreel beneath the mountains of Megiddo. In the central area of Palestine, the conflict is in the valley of Jehoshaphat with Jerusalem being the focal point. And in the south, the war is waged at two principal cities, Basra and Petra, which is the ancient capital of the Edomite empire. Mm -hmm. Concerning Megiddo, every major military campaign in Palestine has included these planes. Hmm. From Napoleon Bonaparte to the Crusaders to the Turks, all have fought on the plain of Megiddo. In fact, Napoleon is quoted as saying that the valley of Megiddo, the plains of Megiddo, 
is the perfect place for a battle. Hmm. Do you think that that was, he thought he was the Antichrist and he was fighting the Battle of Armageddon? He, you know, there are people that have pointed to that. There are people that have pointed to Napoleon seeing himself as being Because he was crazy enough and yeah, narcissistic seeing, <laughs> enough to be the and, self-appointed Antichrist. Yeah, well, uh, he, he fought on the plains of Megiddo. Uh, with with the army. Almost like he was trying to orchestrate that scenario. Maybe. In addition, the Old Testament recounts, uh, recounts that Megiddo was the site of Deborah and Barak mm-hmm. defeating the Canaanites. Gideon defeating the Midianites. Remember Gideon's fleece? I do. The Philistines defeating King Saul. Mm-hmm. David slew Goliath. Ooh. And King Josiah died at the hands of an Egyptian archer who just shot an arrow and it pierced, wow. um, it pierced King Josiah, good King Josiah. So, so that's what it is. It's, so it's well known for these types of battles. Yes, yes, well known in world history, and well known through throughout uh, the ages. Armageddon is important for a number of reasons. It brings the Great Tribulation to an end. It's been going on for seven years. This is the final event. It's a uh, like one of my professors used to say, it's like a boil that needs lancing. And the Battle of Armageddon is like a massive lancing of that infected period of time hmm. called the Great Tribulation. Well, that's so, perfect. Yeah, so it's, it's, you know, it's a chance to finally mm-hmm. uh, sweep the earth of all that is evil. Oh, man. And we see it more and more every day, don't we? Yep, we do. It cleanses the earth from the Antichrist, cleanses the earth from the false prophet, cleanses the earth from the wicked armies of the nations. Mm -hmm. So all of those are decimated. The the Antichrist and the false prophet uh, together uh, with the devil are kept under wraps and being held for final judgment. The devil is released at the end of the millennium. If you recall, Mm -hmm. he comes out, tries to whip up the nations into one last battle, mm-hmm. and then he is thrown into the lake of fire. Uh, but the Antichrist and false prophet are already there. They're in the lake of fire. And uh, that is where all unbelievers wind up. They wind up in the lake of fire where the Antichrist, the false prophet, and the devil are going to wind up. And people joke about hell like it's going to be some kind of party when they get there. Yeah, well, it's always pictured in the Bible as a place of torment, Mm -hmm. suffering, agony, pain. Right. And isolation. You're not with other people. They're down there with you, but you don't see each other. It's extreme darkness. We tend to make light of it. I mean, we use the term hell all the time. I mean, people use it very frequently instead of recognizing the seriousness Mm -hmm. of it, that there are people who will wind up in hell. God's never intended people to go to hell. He intended people to be with him. That hell was created for the devil, his angels, and for the the false prophet and the antichrist. Mm -hmm. Never created for people, Mm -hmm. but they have chosen to go there because they've rejected Christ and they've rejected eternity with him. Mm -hmm. And and the reality is they wouldn't want to be with him. Mm -hmm. They've rejected him on earth there is really no choice that God has, but send them to, to hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let me go, how will Armageddon end? Well, it does. 
It does. How, how will it end? It, it ends by bringing in the kingdom. It's because Armageddon threatens to consume all human life, Christ mm -hmm. returns. After a third of mankind is annihilated, wow. Jesus comes back to put an end to the bloodbath. Mm. It culminates this reign of terror and the turmoil of the great tribulation. And apart from Christ's return, all the earth would be destroyed in it. Mm -hmm. When Jesus returns with his armies, he comes not as a suffering servant, kind of meek and mild, but he comes as a conquering king. Hallelujah. He's the king coming back to claim his Amen. kingdom. Amen. He is. Dramatic signs in the heavens and on the earth mark his return. He ushers in a millennium, a thousand year of reign of Christ, a, mm -hmm. a total reign of peace. And he is seated on his throne in the temple in Jerusalem. And we're going to look at Christ's return to establish his kingdom in our next podcast. So that's coming up next. Right. So this, this uh, series um, on the end times, we just kind of reached the point where we're done talking about the things that are dark really dark and then now we're going to step into what's going to happen after after this phase yeah. is done we're moving into the light now and you talk about where the battle takes place it takes place um basically in the middle east what yep. do you think is happening in america what's happened to north america canada mexico the united states we're not even mentioned yeah i i really don't know and you know you can't make an argument from silence we can speculate, we can guess. Mm -hmm. I know many theologians have guessed because the United States is never mentioned in biblical prophecy. Right. So, you know, speculation is we're not even around. Uh, others that we have joined in with the 10 nation confederacy. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it's hard to speculate what's gonna happen, what happens to the United States. On the scope of all world history, the United States is a very young country. Mm -hmm. we're, we're only just a couple of hundred years old. Uh, I mean, com compared to, you know, to Great Britain, Great Britain has walls uh, of, of stones that are thousands of years old. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's <laughs> we're a very young country. And, and I don't know where we fit into biblical prophecy. Some have said, that Revelation uh, 18 is the United States, where the Babylonian harlot, who is, uh, you know, fueling all the economies of the world. I doubt it, but in any case, that's what they're saying. So I just, to be honest, if I'm if I'm honest with you, I would say I just don't know where the United States, Canada, uh, even Mexico, and in Central America, I just don't know where we fit in. Mm -hmm. And I, I really believe that everything that's playing out right now, um, we are at a crossroads because we are the only nation that was founded upon Christian principles. We are founded one nation under God. We're the only nation that can say that. We're yeah. the only nation that can say that our forefathers dedicated us to the Lord. That's why yeah. we were founded. That's why we're here. So when I say we're at a crossroads, are we going to choose to reject what's being forced upon us through socialism and communism and say, we reject that. That's not our heritage. That's not what we believe. And we're going back to our faith in Jesus Christ and our Judeo-Christian beliefs as a, a Christian nation, or are we done? Do we give into that socialism and communism? And then that's the end of America. And it's yeah. really, it's really up to us to take our country back. So which way is it going to go? It's all, it's up to us. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with that. If we don't take a stand, 
And if we don't take seriously the threat upon us in trying to convert this nation to socialism mm -hmm. and away from capitalism, uh, we are uh, we are not only doomed as a country, but it probably is the end of us as a as a primary world power of the first order. Right. Because as we talk about the end times, I think I keep thinking, well, is it just around the corner or are we going into a time where God moves in miraculously and saves America and brings us a second harvest? Mm -hmm. And I tend towards leaning that way, but maybe that's more because that's what I want to believe because the other, the other alternative is too scary. But I do see signs that people are waking up and people are standing up and, and states are fighting back and they're saying, no, we're not going to tolerate this. And I pray that it goes in that direction, but really it's up to us because the government and the people that we elect, they only have as much power as we give them. Yeah. And, and right now uh, with uh, everything from fraudulent elections mm -hmm. to, you know, complete control mm -hmm. of the house of representatives, the Senate, uh, the executive branch, and an intimidated Supreme Court, the left progressives have now taken over government to pass whatever they want. Uh, and, and even in the Senate where it's 50-50, they've got Kamala Harris to do the deciding vote and she's an extreme liberal. Right, right. I just, I think, I think there's more brewing, but I also think that our forefathers saw this coming, knew that this day was possible, and that's why they gave us things like our Second Amendment rights. That's what differentiates yeah. us from all other uh, countries that have been taken over by tyrants. But as we talk about these things, you know, our goal in doing this whole series on the end times is to give people a heads up of, of what is coming, and it's drawing closer every single day. And as we mentioned earlier, how was not designed for you? How was not designed for us? God wants a relationship with you. He loves you. He sent Jesus to die for you. Yeah. He gave up his only son. Yeah. I don't know that I could do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, he gave up his only child because he was the only one that was able to pay the price for our sins. And so because he did that, that shows you how much he loves you, but he's also a just God and can't allow sin into heaven. So therefore we have to make a decision. We have to decide, are we going to choose Christ are we going to invite him into our life to be our Lord and Savior and go with him when he returns to take his church home to be with him? Or are we going to reject him and face Armageddon, face the consequence, which is hell? But that's not what he wants for you. So the choice is yours. And dad, if someone is listening today and they want to pray, they want to accept Christ into their life, how can they do that? It's, uh, it's probably the most significant decision that you'll ever make. It's more significant than any decision to work for a corporation or what, what state or city to move to or even who to take for your life partner as a husband or wife. The decision that you're going to make right now will influence where you will spend eternity, mm -hmm. whether you'll be in heaven, whether you'll be in hell. And so I want to lead us through the reasoning for why and then lead you in a short prayer. Here's, here's the reasoning for receiving Christ. It's as simple as ABC. A is all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And that means you and me, we're sinners. Uh, all of us are sinners, not some, and not, not just the bad people, but all of us are sinners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that means we've all fallen short of God's standard of perfection. And you'd say, yep, I, I, I know it. I've sinned in thought, word, or deed. I've sinned by conscious sins. I've sinned by unconscious sins. 
I've sinned externally. I've sinned internally in my thoughts. I know I'm a sinner. Mm -hmm. I know it. And I'm lost. I deserve hell. Uh, but by the grace of God, he's opening heaven for me. And that's where B comes in. B is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. If you believe that Jesus really is the son of God, that he really did die on the cross for your sins and for mine, mm -hmm. and that he rose again to give us eternal life. If you believe that, the Bible says you can be saved. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Well, you confess that C, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. So confess, pray, and tell him what you have just acknowledged uh, that you've sinned and that you believe in Jesus and that you want him in your life. Mm -hmm. Why don't you join me in this real short prayer okay. and uh, follow along. And if this is the desire of your heart, God will hear it and God will save you. Dear Lord Jesus, I come before you and I ask you to forgive me for my sins. I know that I've sinned and disappointed you. I've disappointed myself. I've violated my own standards, but I believe in you. I believe you're the son of God. I believe that you came to die on the cross and that you rose again so that I could have life eternal with you. And now, Lord, I come to you and, and I believe in you and I ask you to come into my heart. Make me born again. Mm -hmm. Give me new life and I will live for you now and for all eternity. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 And if you prayed that, oh, we want to celebrate with you. We want to share some resources. We want to help you grow in your walk. And we'd love to um, hear your story. So please email us at hopewellcouncil at gmail.com. Share that you prayed that prayer and we'll send you out some materials to help you grow in your faith. And also, I'm just thinking, Dad, when this episode is going to air, it's going to be Palm Sunday. Oh, so. Wow. Yeah. So we're getting ready to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. And so next week, we're going to be talking about the return of Christ, which how cool is that? It lines up with it lines up with Resurrection Sunday. Yes. And yes. we didn't even plan it that way. No. So that is pretty cool. So don't miss next week's episode as we talk about the return of Christ. And you can catch all of our episodes. We're on um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, Radio Public, and you can also find all past and current episodes at hopewellcouncil.com. And we're going to finish our end time series with a question and answer period. So if you have any questions, things that are keeping you up at night, wanting to know about the end times, we would love to address those, do our best to answer them. And you can send all of your questions to hopewellcouncil at gmail.com. And I'm going to leave you with Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. And I was going to ask you, Dad, this is kind of off the cuff, but I'm wondering if we could do a series on the armor of God. Ooh, that would be good. Don't you think that would be a good follow-up to the end times? I, I think it would be very good. So stay tuned. We're going to work on that. That that just birthed right here in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Cut 
us you off guard. <laughs> but we hope that you'll join us next week and then look down uh, a couple weeks out. We might be starting a series on the armor of God. And thank you again for joining us today. Mm-hmm.